Think Fit, Be Fit, effective thinking for potent workouts. Think Fit, Be Fit is dedicated to creating a new conversation about your exercise. Our podcast helps to uncover how the fitness industry has misled us, and it will show you that if you believe in your ability to improve your body through exercise, you don't need to rely on diluted or shallow information. My name is Jen Schwartz. I'm the founder of Think Fit Be Fit podcast. As a full-time muscle activation technique specialist, strength and conditioning coach, and detailed-oriented personal trainer, I developed this podcast to help ensure that your time in the gym is well spent and that you have the power of enhancing your exercise with effective thinking. This podcast is an educational resource designed for those who have overcome injury and want to stay healthy in the gym. I have seen miraculous changes in my clients, pain, discomfort, and their training progress by working on the health of their neuromuscular system. This podcast uncovers the tools that I have used repeatedly to help my clients consistently exercise without pain. If you are a person who has an injury, is unsatisfied with rehab, or has consistent struggles with staying on track with your training programs, you'll want to subscribe. And also if you're a trainer, a teacher, or a student that is looking to understand exercise science and apply it to a training thought process, you'll definitely want to subscribe. Welcome to a lab of you on Think Fit, Be Fit. I've done about 40 podcast episodes and this lab of you is the most popular and shared type of content. Um, and I think that's because they're technical and they're helpful and they're high quality. So this one into going into season three is a big one. Um, I'd say pretty uh, buzzy. Do you have tight hamstrings? Yes, a lot of the times people do. So this episode is dedicated to tight hamstrings and thinking again and revisiting them. But first, here's the list of five different reasons you might have tight hamstrings. Number one, you might have a neural tension issue or your nerve is getting irritated for some reason and that is presented to you as tight hamstrings that don't respond to stretching. Number two, this reason is important and it has to do with abnormal or unhealthy disc in the back or what some people might say disc herniations that can cause tight hamstrings and in fact I would argue that it is a perfect protective mechanism more on that later the third reason you might have hamstrings that will not quit on you they're constantly bothering you is that they're getting overworked or overused I have several ideas uh, for my clients as to why this happens and I'll share some uh, examples of that when we get there number four your anatomy might just predispose you to short hamstrings 
or perhaps your pelvis might predispose you to tight hamstrings and that is uh, called genetics. We'll talk about that as well because there's still stuff you can do to help the sensations and help your body better respond to exercise. That's what's important at the end of the day. Number five, uh, protective mechanisms from non-optimal foot muscles. That's an interesting one and I'm very biased to that view because I work with a lot of athletes that run and cut and change directions. So I see a lot of tight hamstrings and um, stretching won't usually help this person if their their feet and different foot muscles are lacking control, stability, uh, or mobility. Then we're going to dive into a new way of viewing the body and the tight hamstrings of the body. Then we're going to uh, discuss some of the things that I do with my clients who complain about tight hamstrings. Stretching is such an easy sell. It's so easy. Um, And I think that's why people just accept it and that, you know, when you apply a stretch on your hamstrings, you can feel something happening. And that's why people seem to accept that it's a viable solution. Uh, And maybe in some populations, it does help them. I find it pretty triggering that I see people accepting superficiality into their exercise lives. The fitness industry is notorious for implanting these ideas that all exercise is good and that it can't be harmful. Um, it's, it's, so it's further, that couldn't be further from the truth. And allowing this to trigger me, I know that creates a lot of pressure. However, I am choosing to express this truth a hundred percent of it because I know that fitness is so much more than what the majority of us accept it to be. So by listening to this podcast and participating online and maybe even buying the course uh, Movement Pathways to improve your connection to exercise and improve the strength and mind-muscle connection around your old injuries, you are joining me on this journey uh, that I've been on since 2009. I have had my company for 10 years now, and I look forward to it almost every day, uh, just helping people protect and improve their number one asset, which is their wellness and health. Uh, the, the growth, uh, from multiple years and servicing, uh, clients with MAT, personalized fitness, event, uh, sport, physical preparation, and sports injury care, sports injury prevention, one of my favorite topics, um, is or has helped me develop a 
very strong core value of continuous improvement and growth. So thank you for being here for that. And here we are in an an industry full of fast fixes and claims of stretches that help. Uh, There's very little resolve for most of us who have injuries. You have a unique body. Therefore, your exercise and your active recovery care, like where stretching is, should be unique to you. We believe, my colleagues and I at Impact Your Fitness, we believe in empowering your, your body, our clients and listeners with education about the body, anatomy, physiology, exercise mechanics, exercise science. We can evolve together and answer these age-old questions. Why does this work? What doesn't work? Be rational and smart about your fitness choices and wellness care and body care. What you'll learn in this episode about tight hamstrings. It's not just about your hamstrings. There's, they are responsible for so much movement and control of movement that we really have to give them more credit and we have to give your body more respect and look at these issues with more precision, more mindfulness, and more care. If you've had sports injuries and struggle and have struggled in the past uh, in the morning with getting out of bed, you've probably said, my hamstrings are tight. Unfortunately, we've been taught to rely on these types of sensations to teach us about our body and teach us about exercise. The, the idea that we have, we just rely on sensations to guide us about our body is just simply not helpful. And most importantly, it could be causing a cycle of constant exercise without results and constant stretching without results, or worse, a cycle of injury and inflammation. That's right. These, there are cases where stretching can be harmful. The list is important to use as, a, as contextual evidence and information for you, for your own care, for your own uh, thought development that you take to your practitioner and take to your Uh, doctor, your muscle activation technique specialist, your trainer. And it's not medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I can't draw blood. I can't look inside the body unless I'm in a cadaver lab or watching YouTube. And I work with people that are pretty, are cleared to exercise. Meaning if somebody has a pain in their chest or their lower back, they've been told by a doctor that they can live with it or exercise or go for another round of PT or shots and they choose not to and that's where they find moi. So like I said, not medical advice. These are ideas and educated guesses. So here is the list. The five reasons for the sensation of tight hamstrings. And the sensation piece is an important word. We're going to get to that. 
One, nerve entrapment. Uh, the sciatic nerve can get entrapped and it is a big old nerve. The sciatic nerve is said to be as big as your thumb, whoever you are and however wide your thumb is. Um, and imagine that thumb more like an electrical cord full of these sheaths, S-H-E-A-T-H, sheath, um, and without the bone, right? So you can, you can really press on it. You can pinch it. You can squeeze it. It can get caught in joints. Um, it can get, that's called convergence. Um, it can get caught on all kinds of things because it's, it's like stretchy, almost like an old, like an old, like the phone cords, um, not quite as stretchy, but almost. And these, they get entrapped. And when people hear nerve entrapment or nerve pain, they think of radiating pain. And that is not, that's one. I, that's one level of symptom of a nerve entrapment. It can definitely be tight hamstrings and it is a definitely something I've seen in my practice. The second one, overloading an unhealthy or abnormal disc. Mm, interesting. So there's the, there are these discs uh, in between our vertebrae and they are full of fibrous material and cartilage. And uh, in the middle, there's a jelly-like nucleus. Um, this thing can get pushed around, essentially, and become herniated or damaged in some way. The good news is it's very normal, and it can heal by itself. It doesn't, uh, a bad disc doesn't equal surgery in my world. So, However, an overloading this disc can create hamstring tightness. So it's another idea. Um, and it's the, I do have a test and some action steps to actually determine um, if, you're in, if you're near that category. It's not a diagnosable test because it's not administered by a medical professional, but it can lead you down to find the right person and ask the right questions. It's also a classic example of protective mechanism. And it's uh, actually a perfect mechanism for preventing further damage or injury. And that's a beautiful thing. And we have to thank our body at some point for protecting us against further injury. But then when we get down to it, and get into the mechanics and look at our body independent of its symptoms and how it's moving and how it um, creates movement, it, then we can start releasing this harmful pattern. Okay, number three, hamstrings get overused. Mm, there's an easy one. So basically that means you're under recovered. If your hamstrings get overused, you're under-recovered. This happens in athletic populations a lot and definitely happens if you've had a previous hamstring strain or a tiny tear in the hamstrings or a big tear in the hamstrings, definitely. And um, 
this is where they say adhesions can develop in the muscles. That's not something I cover in depth, but if it is something you want to learn more about on this podcast, please let me know because it is a huge topic and one with much debate, so much debate, adhesions in the muscles. Number four, your anatomy actually might just predispose you to having short hamstrings and they might have a sensation of being tight. I have an experiment for you if you're in this category. And good news if you're in this category because it's probably the only one that, that stretching is going to respond to, that stretching will have a response. Uh, otherwise, that's in the next section of this podcast. Uh, why stretching doesn't get any result. <laughs> why the go-to answer of hamstring tightness doesn't help and could even hurt. The fifth one, protective mechanisms. I know I said that in number two. However, I have seen correlations in the body from other areas. So think about the feet. Um, and I bring up the feet for a reason because so many times that I've seen folks with limited foot motion, meaning uh, pro, like their pronation is limited or their supination is limited or their big toe is limited. And that might be on purpose that they might have orthotics and they might have inserts that's limiting their motion. So many people with suboptimal foot motion and tight hamstrings and lower back disc issues. So I'm just saying be open to the possibility. I'm suggesting it. I've seen it a lot and I can definitely explain that further. Again, a whole podcast episode. Like we can get on in and that. Whatever that was I just said. Now, for the even more tangible item. Why stretching, the go-to answer for this stuff, is not helpful. Why your body is not responding. Well, um... Let's talk about it in our list. So one, nerve entrapment. This won't respond to stretching. This requires a proper diagnosis as to where it's entrapped and if there's damage. Both of those things I said, potentially reversible with the right steps. However, um, not quite my job. I do help people with this and I can guide their medical professional in that direction. Um, I can help with neurodynamics. I'm not certified in it, but I know how to use the basics of it and very safe uh, methods of neurodynamics um, to look at nerve entrapments. And I do refer out for this sometimes. Okay. So a ner nerve entrapment, not going to respond to stretching. Number two, overloading an unhealthy or abnormal disc. Okay, so like I said, stretching will make this one worse, and it's usually why I have my clients uh, stop stretching 
and change or change it drastically when we start using muscle activation techniques. Uh, the disc, they're very durable. D-U-R-A-B-L-E. They don't burst. Disc, they don't have a bubble effect. Uh, a lot of us have been taught that disc can burst. Um, the visual I'm getting is a bullfrog trying to turn on his mate. And they're like, the bubble is going in and out. And that's not quite what happens. <laughs> um, so, and I, I wanted to spell that word out for you, durable. Because I've heard my little mid-Atlantic, Maryland, Philadelphia accent on the podcast. And one that it, <laughs> it's not, it, it's, uh, I think it's distracting. Uh, but two... I'm spelling this out for you because it is so important to believe in your body. It is so important to not trash it with the idea that you are weak or you have muscles that aren't firing. Uh, it's so important to believe that exercise can create a more robust body, a more durable body. Let's take a second to feel the empowerment of believing in your body's innate capability and innate strength that it has and that it can recover with the right tools and the right stimulus. So, oh, huge thing to repeat. The disc, they can heal. In the medical literature, if they do have an injury, uh, they can heal. In the medical literature, it says spontaneous healing of the disc. That is their term. And I think that's cute because most of the time it's not spontaneous. You're doing very specific types of stimulus, but they say it's spontaneous because it doesn't require anything invasive or direct. And it can only be explained by the placebo effect. However, you are mindfully experimenting on your body. These are different things for me. It's a gray area to the medical literature. However, I want you to know that, that they can heal. And it's not a death sentence and it's not a surgery sentence when you get that bat, the MRI that shows a disc uh, injury or herniation or a stenosis or a narrowing of the joints. It's not, it's not. I promise. Okay. We're still on number two because it's so important and it's so overdone. I'm telling you. Um, spinal flexion. Okay. So spinal flexion and overloading a disc and spinal flexion creates tension in the hamstrings. So spinal flexion is when your rib cage, put your hand on your solar plexus, right at the bottom of your ribs in the front, and collapse the ribs, slouch. It's, it's approximating to your pelvis. That's called spinal flexion, ding dong. And it has been said wrongfully that spinal flexion is bad and that we shouldn't do crunches and that we have to 
keep our spine super straight during every exercise. It's simply not true. And I have the literature to back that up. I guess I'm going to have to link to that. So <laughs> I have it. So go ahead. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I know I, where it is in my files. Um, spinal flexion is a normal motion. It's not a bad thing. However, if the disc has abnormal forces on it, <clears throat> the hamstrings will tighten up and develop extra tension to disallow the spinal flexion. Think about that. That is a perfect protective mechanism for abnormal forces. Your body already knows that. It is awesome. And I have some gratitude for that function. So just know the muscles and structure when they are healthy, when the body is recovered and ready for action, spinal flexion is well supported in the body and the structure supports this movement as well. So it's not all a bad thing, but this can be an underlying factor in your hamstring tightness. So again, um, this, this, this number two is exactly why I ask my clients to stop stretching um, because too much passive force into the spinal flexion position, i.e. a hamstring stretch, um, can create more damage if, the, if it is abnormal. So we got to cut that out. That's like, you know, you got to stop. It's like a, it's a bad habit at that point. Okay, it's like smoking. Don't. It's not good. Okay. So number three, hamstrings get overused. Okay. If you're in an athletic population and you have tight hamstrings for two, three days after you do your sport, you're under recovered. Go to like, I have like six episodes about active recovery because it's such an important topic and it's within your control and... It's all about helping your body rebound from exercise, rebound from a heavy load on your body. Active recovery, so important. So if you're in the category of you have an old injury that in your hamstrings, like a tear, adhesions probably, you know, you probably have something there. It's like a a tissue uh, reorganization. So the fibers in the muscle have reorganized and that feels different than the adjacent area of muscle. Um, it's what we call knots and it's what uh, some massage therapists spend their whole career bumping on and trying to and unlock these adhesions. Uh, a lot of debate on this one. Again, like happy to do a podcast on it and we'll get there at some point. Um, these adhesions don't respond to stretching if they're there. Okay, moving on. Number four, your hamstring, your anatomy, your hips, your pelvis, your back, whatever, um, all of it, rib cage down. It might predispose you 
to having uh, short hamstrings. So this could be a postural thing. Um, this is where stretching might actually help. So if you feel a big gain in range of motion and you feel better after yoga and you feel really good a day after that, you're probably in this category. Just saying. But it's like such an exception in my practice. And again, like I see people that are seeking out help because physical therapy and shots didn't help them. So, or chiropractic didn't help them. Um, anyways, so might help, might help this, uh, stretching actually might help, but again, like very rare. Okay. Number five, the protective mechanisms from non-optimal foot muscles. Whoop. That is the same as number two. Stretching could make the whole thing worse. And I have the unique opportunity as a muscle activation technique specialist to look at the body independent of people's symptoms. But when we optimize the muscle system and make the connections more efficient with MAT, follow-up exercises, movement pathways, proper warming up, and sensible exercise, sensible strength training. Um, these protective mechanisms leave, the injury underlying them actually might still be there, but the body is better at responding to all of it. Just like the trauma that you had when you were 18 years old is still there, like it never leaves your system. You just know how to better respond to it. You know that it's in the past. You know that your nervous system was overreacting to it for a long time. And here, here we are talking about muscle injuries and hamstring tightness. So these protective mechanisms can live on. And in that case, yeah, stretching is not going to help. In fact, it's, it, it could make the whole cycle of this worse. Uh, ooh, gross. Okay. Whew. This is a great time for a break. Of course, in Jen's style, in Think Fit Be Fit style, we have to give you a new way to think about these issues. They aren't going to be your truth anymore. You don't need to listen to diluted and crappy advice anymore. That's what Think Fit Be Fit is all about. That's why I'm here. That's why I am showing up for 40 episodes now. That's like still infancy in podcast land. The new way to view the body and view tightness. One important thing Tightness isn't always a bad thing, and protective mechanisms might be a good thing. And so the sensation of muscle tightness in a lot of cases is a protective mechanism so that when you attempt to move, let's say your knee, because we're talking about hamstrings, when you attempt to move your knee and your body knows that it cannot 
withstand a whole lot of forces because of one of those underlying reasons that we just went through. Then this built-in protective mechanism is preventing that motion from happening and any further damage to that tissue or any nearby tissues, meaning tendon, ligament, muscle, or bone. It can also be said that these protective mechanisms are a symptom of a muscular imbalance. And this is something my clients are very familiar with because this is where muscle activation techniques can intervene and help the body rebound and gain neural strength and better strength around the joints. And regaining that is one fantastic way to resolve tightness and address the underlying issue. So win-win. The next piece of uh, how to view the body in this new way and how to reverse engineer your issues is uh, determining what is tension and what is just a sensation. So I mentioned that this word sensation a number of times because it's important to recognize when there is different types of tension in the muscles and different types of tiredness in the muscles and different types of fatigue. Uh, And then there's sensation and what a muscle contraction feels like, what a active stretch feels like, what a static stretch feels like. All of these things are different, but yet it's really people don't usually learn them until they're hurt so I'm talking to you as someone who has had experiences of various degrees of these sensations and tightnesses uh, what's the plural there tightness I uh, that we have these different sensations and that you can learn to discern from one and between one and the other And that is a skill, and that is an exercise skill. Uh, People that recklessly go through strength training and stretching only looking for sensations are probably not going to be very successful at whatever type of exercise or mobility effort that is. And... I, I, can, I can think of many examples in different sports, different types of workouts where people are just chasing these sensations. So the, the solution is not exactly in this podcast right now. It's in the Movement Pathways course, and it's something I work on a lot with athletes and clients. It is a big step to just recognize that there are different sensations and that mindfulness is the key ingredient to recognizing them, which costs nothing. The third new way to view the body and this hamstring tightness is actually experimentation and reverse engineering. These are big picture solutions 
to these problems. So reverse engineering is a concept that is used by engineers and problem solvers to take a look at the system's components and their interrelationships, uh, creating an awareness and representations of what uh, we're looking at. So taking a, it's called abstraction, so a deeper level of what's inside and what the system is representing. And then reverse engineering is creating a new physical representation. So it's going backwards and then forwards. In movement pathways and what I teach my clients to do is identify the system's components. So that is joint specific motions, taking data, on the movement interrelationships. So what the knee is doing, what the ankle is doing in response, and then the hip, like the kinetic chain events that are occurring. That's what I mean in reference to interrelationships. Then explaining, or sorry, not explaining, exploring the different parts of the systems in and out of uh, gross movement, so squats, walking, dancing, taking the pieces of the unique parts that creates the opportunity for a higher level of detail abstraction. So detail, detail, details, movement details. And the third one is the third step is intervening with exercises that are designed to optimize the physical performance of the system. This is a huge piece to the solution. So once you have an idea of what the little pieces are, you can then improve the little pieces to improve the whole. So the whole that we're talking about are the hamstrings. In some anatomy books, that's five muscles. In in the muscle activation techniques, we, tr- we look at the hamstrings uh, with the adductors and some other muscles that bend the knee, including the gastrocnemius. So it's a big, comple- complex system. So experimenting with the test, movement tests that are in the guide, the videos, and looking at your hamstrings in a more detailed view is reverse engineering and figuring out what pieces need the attention. So combining that with the experimental mindset and mindfully uh, putting effort into changing your exercises and adjusting them is the huge, huge, big way of viewing, new way to view your body. And I do not intend for anyone to understand that overnight. It is a continuous, continuous venture into self-mastery and your movement and learning about your body. And our fourth new view of the body is about the core a stable and strong core. 
and how the core can anchor and stabilize our hips better and then therefore have healthy hamstrings. Hmm. That it, that's a concept uh, that many specialists and practitioners use, and it's certainly not unique to Movement Pathways or myself, um, but I'll have some good material in the video. Free download. Gotta give me your email address for that. Link in the show notes. And it's just being able to release tightness by doing purposeful exercises and muscle contractions is legit. Like I see it. I can, I can show someone how to do this in like 40 seconds. It's amazing. So who, yeah. So the next thing, give yourself permission to dismiss this common generic advice of just stress. Give yourself permission to be specific. Learning from a professional and listening to the body require a lot of humility and a lot of duh moments, D-U-H. So just accept it and then put your toes in the water with these three experiments. Definition, and I learned this from Adam Robinson. He's one of my favorite Twitter follower follows. He's, uh, he does follow me back, which was like such a titillating moment for me. I was like so excited. He, um, he created the Princeton Review. He's essentially like a expert on learning and um, I think uh, day trade, not day trading, bonds, like economics. Um, brilliant guy. Uh, he... Through him, I've learned what experimenting really is. And it is mindfully adjusting your effort. I would like to go into that more, but I just don't have the bandwidth to research this topic anymore. <laughs> but um, it's a wonderful way to think about your body. So one way that you can experiment with your uh, hamstring tightness is the slump test or neural tension or nerve entrapments. It is very quick and I highly recommend starting with that test. If you have been stretching your hamstrings for as long as I think you have. Okay. Very simple test. And once you, if you test positive on that test, I would um, seek out someone that does maybe ART, neurodynamics, muscle activation techniques, um, maybe even a ROSTI. Okay, slump test. The third one is testing your hamstring length versus core stability. That will be in the free download video that you have to um, give me your email address and I will give you that video right away. And the third way to experiment also in the download 
isometrics, low-grade isometrics. Um, I cannot wait for you to try them and give me feedback. I definitely want to know what you're finding and what you're feeling with your um, experiments, your mindful efforts to continually adjust your body. Okay, that is all for today. So your action steps, start by accepting the advice and help and that you have been misled and wronged by your hamstring stretching. If, with the exception of being number four. (laughs) Um, The second action step is to give me your email address and get the download. And the third is only a huge call to action is spend the money and get movement pathways. The course is so rich in information. It will change your exercise. Right now, it's at a beta price. The it, It's not going to be cheaper than this um, ever. So link in the show notes. I'm not hiding anything. The price is in there. I just don't want to say it because when I raise the price and this evergreen content uh, lives on forever, um, I would be doing a devalue to my wonderful course that I know is going to be around for a while and going to help so many people develop a stronger connection to exercise so that you can nurture your health as the beautiful asset that it is and that you can create whatever you want with a fluid and strong body. I am so in love with podcasting. I'm so in love with you all. Please, if you feel so called to do so, I will accept your five-star review in iTunes, especially, um, and, or your questions. Happy to answer anything. Um, always looking for interesting, um, questions to answer on the podcast. I have no shortness of topics. That's for, I have a list of 90 different podcast episodes that I want to get to. So, uh, no lack of inspiration, but I still wouldn't, I want to know your questions. So maybe help me prioritize these things, right? Anywho, um, have a, a wonderful time not stretching your hamstrings and getting stronger. See, hear you, see you, be with you next week.